0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
1: Believe. Yeah, the first technique I learned was a punch. Hello everybody, my name is Cameron Madani. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in the Punch podcast. Today's special guest is Master Zai Lore. Master Lore, better known as Ms. Zai, has practiced Taekwondo for over 20 years. Now, not only does she run her own Taekwondo Dojo, but she also competed on a national level. Now, with her vast knowledge within the sport, we talk about how different forms of martial arts contribute to overall better well-being with her amazing story that she's gonna be covering in today's podcast. She talks about how her experiences were benefited both from her spiritual background and martial arts background. Now, as the famous quote says, fall down seven times, get up eight. Ms. Zai is the perfect human embodiment of this quote. I hope you guys enjoy our talk about how she fights every single day, not only for her own life, but for the betterment of the lives that surround her. Welcome to episode six with Master Zai. And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to episode six of Believe in the Punch podcast with my special guest. Many people in the karate community might not know her, but this is an amazing person to get to know. And Ms. Zai... I wanna be formal and also say Master Zai because she is an OG in the industry and um, I wanna welcome her here to the podcast today. Thank you for coming on.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Yeah, I think just before we even get started like into any specific topics, I think the one thing I want everybody else to know is the same thing that I was approached with as far as like your story, right? That's what, not only are you a martial artist, but the fact of like where it plays along the lines of your life story we could look back last 10 or even past that years and where everything kind of falls into place is what i want people that are listening to first hear about you so if we could just start off with that or like a little intro i would love that
0: okay so like going back to when i started
1: taekwondo we could let's i want to i want to start with specifically the like let's say like what your last 10 years about? Cause I want to hear about, I want to, I want everybody to be hear about the business and then all the key struggles, challenges, factors and everything that came within, I said essentially the last 10 years.
0: Okay, let's do that. So I started Taekwondo 20 years ago and started working with, well, let's go back. Like I started working with children 26 years ago and started Taekwondo 20 years ago. And then my business 10 years ago, officially as a martial arts school owner, um, specifically with Taekwondo. Um, So my, I have three children and at the time I was, I was married. My daughter, I was a stay-at-home mom and she, you know, her school needed someone to cross guard at their school and volunteer so I went to volunteer as a you know as a cross guard and then they said hey you know you're doing such a good job why don't you like apply for the cross guard position I was a stay-at-home mom I was there like you know the whole day anyways volunteering being a good supportive mom and so when I turned in my resume the principal was like wow look at your resume you work with children before and you also have a taekwondo background and so I was like yeah i do you know i could i could work with children and he said why don't you work in our after school program our enrichment program and teach taekwondo instead of cross guard and so that's how it led into teaching taekwondo officially at a school And then they, after two years, I, you know, our I became the director of the program. It was very successful. We were able to manage a lot of the behaviors in the school, and it was actually a thriving school when I was there, in terms of behaviors, and which led into their, you know, academic. And so, after two years, uh, the they, you know, they decided that, you know, it was my program was becoming too expensive, or I was becoming too expensive. And they wanted to know if, you know, I could uh, stay. And so I said, yeah, I, I'll stay. But you know, I have a family to support. So they say, well, why don't you just open up a school in the back, you know, of the school and teach private lessons. And I said, I can do that. So we had approached them the year before, but they didn't want us to do it. So the second year, they said, hey, why don't you do it then? So we opened up the school. It was in a 900-square-feet classroom. And, you know, that summer, it just, or that fall, it just kept, it was the fall of 2011. And it just kept growing. We outgrew the 900-square-foot. They moved us into the cafeteria. It was 3,000, you know, I think it was 3,000-square-feet and then you know we outgrew that and so then i was like i think it's time for us to get out of here so uh, we left the the school and we went and found a a studio down or a prop a place right down the street like literally a block away and you know started uh started developing that place and then grew into it you know unfortunately uh five years into the business uh my 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 husband or my ex-husband now uh you know things just didn't work out we didn't share the same values anymore we didn't you know share the same vision and so um unfortunately we separated and then i end up taking care of the business from there with three of my babies you know and a very very strong staff that we develop already by this time and it was what one year into uh, after he left, that I was diagnosed with breast cancer. A year after that, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. You know, and then here we are—five wow. uh, years, ten years later. You know, first five years was a lot of stress because of just for anybody that you know is in the business industry. The first five years was a very big struggle, just growing your business. In the last five years, you know, was hard because of. Uh, Having to deal with, you know, growing my business, raising my children, and also having to, you know, s- fight for my life—like literally surviving from cancer. So that's where we are now.
1: Yeah, you, I mean, so like, there's there's a lot that we're gonna go. And I don't, I'm gonna ask you specific questions about essentially that whole process. But you you mentioned something very like, and I think all like coming from like a martial arts background right my family also owning a dojo like do like you talk about the first five years just being like the grind right and i'm looking strictly at like a business perspective of like trying to build you know a student base like you said like reliable staff and all the things just to make your doors stay open right from a week to week month to month basis and then after that you know you're looking okay now we got like a like a foundation and then maintaining that foundation as things go and change and then And then now we look back at like, okay, the other pieces of the pie of life. And then the challenges that come in with that. So like, I guess my first question was like, did, did everything, and I'm I'm not trying to highlight, you know, the negatives of the beginning, but like, did everything kind of happen sequentially? So like, you know, your, the relationship kind of went the way it did. And then was it right after that, that you were diagnosed with cancer and then followed up right after that, or what was the order of those things?
0: Yeah, unfortunately.
1: I see. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So my my ex-husband and I separated in 15, exactly 11 months later. I mean, that 11 months um, was probably the hardest 11 months of my adult life because, you know, you're I mean, I, 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 I loved my ex-husband very, very much, you know, he was my best friend, my partner, and, you know, for him to, to not be in the picture anymore is very devastating for, I think, for, for anybody, you know, and then for me, because now I have three children and the weight of a business on my shoulder, and so I was very stressed, I mean, there are pictures that I did, I don't, post or show people these are very private picture but the stress inside were display outside like my face I mean like you can see right now I'm doing so much better but back in that first 11 months I mean like the stress from within showed on my face my face was I was you know I wasn't like heavy but you can see like I used to have these huge like Pus and pimple on my face Mm. because I was so 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 stressed, you know. And and then right after that, eleven, you know, my ex husband left, and then eleven months later, I was diagnosed like right on the spot, you know, because because when he after he left, I was starting to have, and right at that time, I also I was also competing. And so I was training a lot, like, you know, five, seven days of training and you know how training is. Right. And then, so constantly training every single day, morning, afternoon, evenings, but on the weekends, like five hours at a time on top of that, you know, being a mom. Oh yeah. I forgot I was an athlete.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I didn't know that I'm I'm just now finding out about, okay, like if there wasn't already enough in this. (laughs) <laughs> full grocery bag. We're going to add in full-time athlete in there as well. Yeah. Wow. I, I
0: was, oh I was an athlete at that time. So I, I was competing like at national level at that time as well. And so, you know, the added stress, cause I thought, you know, as a martial artist, you, you're taught to persevere. You're taught to have these, you know, mentalities of working hard work ethic. Right. And so my idea was okay i'm gonna push i'm gonna work hard so i was pushing in my you know being a mom pushing in the business and also pushing as an athlete and so i mean like i train like crazy right mm-hmm. yeah and i'm sure like i'm sure we're kind of the same like when you tr- when you are focused on something like you're focused you're dedicated you do 110 percent and so that's how i was with my training and then um I was really stressed already, physically, mentally, spiritually stressed. And then exactly one year later, uh, 11 months later, you know, I uh, because I was going back, I was already having a lot of chest pain. And then exactly one 11 months later, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. Wow. And then, you know, surgery, chemo, radiation, more surgery. And then a year, exactly one year later, they said, oh, now you have colon cancer. And then surgery, more, you know, chemo and then more surgery. And then they said, hey, now the, the chemo, I mean, now the cancer moved into your liver and then more surgery. Now the cancer is going into eight months later. They're like, oh, the cancer is in, in your lungs. And it's just, it just kept going and going. Like it didn't stop at all. And so, yeah, it it.
1: It, and yeah, it, and you're you're accessing the part where I didn't know that I, I I'm in my closed-mindedness, I'm saying this very lightly. I, I thought it was, it went from breast to colon. I didn't know that it continued on after that, even with all the treatment and everything. Uh, and there are two
0: separate cancers. So there are two separate cancers. So it's not one. So first I was diagnosed with breast cancer stage okay. 2B. So it was in the chest and in my oh, wow. armpit, right? Like sure. in the lymph nodes. So, yeah, they said, "Hey, you know what? It's your your. It's not really. If you look at like the different stages, you have stage one, two, three, and four, right? Four being like it's very serious. So they were. It was like two and a half, and so they didn't treat it like it was serious because they didn't, you know. And, and I'm I talk about being uh, happy having self-advocacy or advocating for yourself. I didn't really push my doctors at the time, but I was really a stage four because a year after uh, chemo and radiation, we did a post-treatment, which is you either take this medication for, you know, uh, the next five to 10 years of your life, or you can take out your ovaries, you know? Uh, because the type of cancer I had was estrogen positive, which means that it feeds off of the estrogen. The cancer eats the estrogen and then it kind of grows that way, right? For like layman's term. And so uh, later they found that, oh my gosh, a year later, cancer's in your in your ov- breast cancer is in oh your ovaries. Right? <laughs> and so then that's when they prompted the you know my doctor to do a body scan after i've asked for it like for a whole year and then they scanned and they say oh by the way there's something growing in your colon Sheesh. and then they started doing all the tests and my doctor came back and said you have colon cancer wow so first it was breast cancer and then now it's colon cancer and it was growing at the same time cancers don't just like grow like you know within a day or month sure, or whatever sure. it takes time to grow and especially I think they call it the silent cancer right with colon cancer and so and I might be wrong but you don't really know that you have colon cancer right unless you like really check there's not a lot of pain mm. um, and so then I probably had all those things at the same time
1: wow. and, yeah and how how far along was the colon cancer? Uh, stage three stage three wow okay (laughs) oh my gosh and then how so then let's like i want i want to know like when so you were like essentially let's say like at the peak of of struggle i'm gonna leave it like that Mm -hmm. what what then how does your life change at that point you know because Different demands, different things within life might, you know, like the balance might change, right? And and you mentioned a very good thing, and like I'm wired very similarly to where I'm 110. If I want to mm-hmm. pursue this one thing, it's 110. But if I want to add three more things into my life, all of them are at 110, you know. But then right. now we're talking about with like a health condition to this magnitude, you don't have a choice but to be 110, <laughs> you know. Right. So, so where? Let me like. So you were training you're a mom, you're running a business as the three main, uh, like pillars, I could say, where, how do those things adjust as soon as, you know, we're, we're at that point.
0: That's a very good question. And I think that's a lot of why a lot of people ask me, like, how, how did you balance all of these? Right. Right. I want to go back to, you know, to, to my core values growing up as a, you know, as a Christian, um, my parents and my church and my pastor taught me these core values where it also lines up with all of my martial arts values. And and I'm sure you can agree that um, Taekwondo values and karate values are very, very similar, if not exactly the same. Yes.
1: Most definitely.
0: We are taught to be courteous. We're taught to persevere. We're taught to have to work hard You know, we're trained, we're trained to have these strong, you know, uh, robust, um, hardworking, like net persevering attitude and and, um, having positive attitude, right? So these these are my foundation, and I call it the three P's, right? These are these are my foundation. These are my principles that I I breathe with, I sleep with, you know, and I live with every single day. So these values are solid, coming from a Christian background, and then also having a um, a martial arts background that really like cone in on all these principles. So. When I was going through all of those, uh, being a mom, having a business, being an athlete, and then on top of that, uh, a new illness on top of it, I always go back to my principles, you know? Um, Okay, so, and and being very organized, super, super organized, right? So the business, when I was first diagnosed with with the cancer, the first thing with any cancer patients you're going to find is that we're very scared. Like the first thing is you're in shock. Like yeah. I'm going to die. Right. Like this, It. there's no way out. Cancer is death. Like, because we're taught through, you know, con- uh, through social media or through, you know, just uh, our community that, if you get cancer, you're going to die. Like that's the first thing that you think about. Mm-hmm. And so when I was first told that I was, I had cancer, I was very scared. I panicked. I didn't know what to do, but then I, uh, with all the skills that I have for, through my background, I calmed down and I said, okay, let's get to work. Right. <laughs> let's, let's get to
1: work. Right. Right. You
0: know, it, it's, it's just like when you get, when you get knocked down in, in a sparring match, you get, like, I remember for my black belt test, this, um, my, my friend, you know, that I was sparring with, he kicked me so hard in the hip and I was out of breath. I was going to die. I thought this was the most painful kick ever took the wind, uh, knocked the wind out of me. And I was like, okay, when you cry, I cried, right? I cried and I said, okay, that's it. Pick myself back up. Let's go. So that was the kind of attitude that I had. And okay, I've been diagnosed. This is my new life now. Let's get over it. Let's plan on what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. So then when it came to the business, I had put everything in order, you know, like assignments, like, okay, assistant is doing this, lead instructor is doing this, this person's in charge of this. So I laid everything out meticulously, like who's going to do what. And if I die, because that's what you think about too. If I die, who's going to take over the business or what's going to happen with the business? That was all planned out to the T, like day to day. And at that time, we didn't have like our a lead, like a my staff was still very young because mind you, we were only five years at that time. Sure. And so I had to bring in community members and friends, you know, colleagues from the Taekwondo uh, community to help me. So each person had their two days or their one day special guests every day or, you know, for the month. So I had people coming from all over the, you know, the the area to help me teach those classes and hold it while I was gone. And, you know, in my... Uh, my children's life there are people family and friends in the taekwondo community like the family that i built with taekwondo all came together and they had meal train. they had uh, you know kids were my kids were on schedules from who's going to go to who's going to pick them up or take them to school on monday who's going to pick them up on monday and everything was planned for who's going to bring them dinner who's going to take care of them who's taking them while i'm in surgery that was all done, you know? And then of course, there's no way I can compete at that time. So I just kind of put competition in the back burner at that point And I stopped training. Um, and then the the rest of the time was just, okay, who are my medical team? You know, who's going to take care of me? Who's going to take me to the hospital? Who's going to, you know, bring, and we had people bring me food. And so everything was completely completely planned for like I did not go into this blind you know I knew I talked to people in the community I spoke with people who have gone through cancer before so I knew what was going I expected I knew that surgery was going to be a certain way I knew chemo was going to be a certain way I knew the the symptoms of chemo I knew you know like how long I was going to be out so everything was planned for like so that made me feel confident that i knew what i was doing and i didn't feel insecure sure so that's what made it better
1: i i i think like the way that you just ran through that i'm smiling right now because a lot of people can't see because like i i i'm excited and like i i get energized by hearing confidence in preparation essentially and and now i'm 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 reeling it back a little bit just to like how we work with our kids and like, I work with myself, we're we're consistently preparing, you know, whatever it is, building the base through whatever techniques and whatever stage they're at. And then using that to, to build the rest of the blocks and then continuously rehearsing and, and pushing the idea of practice and preparation, practice and preparation, practice and preparation. And then through the consistent practice of preparation, the confidence in preparation, you know? And I mean, I like, I'm, I'm, I'm dumbing it down to my own core essential value but now we look at it at the most extreme high level version of that in your situation in your schedule at the time and and how that now like we this this is all success you know. It worked. It is a win. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a different kind of match. You know, you looked at not only the the strategy of your opponent, you looked at how they're preparing, you're looking at what their versions of training are, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're looking at the whole chart, the same way we do within the martial arts, and then applying that directly to who your new opponent at that time was in the various forms of cancer. And then through that, literally breaking it down step by step, and then fixing each thing. Now, I, I, cause I, I, I pride myself on being a busy person, busy, hardworking person, obviously not to this extent quite yet, but uh, what did you do when, cause like organization is something I try to do within my daily schedule, but there's always those days that don't go to plan, you know, and then Lo and behold, the snowball effect, you know, crap, this didn't work out, or so and so is late to picking the kids up, or whatever it might be. And then kind of how did you manage um, those particular situations?
0: You know, I do so this is what I do. I know that there are markers throughout the day, right? So let's say that the mornings is planned a certain way. The afternoon has, let's say I have an appointment at nine o'clock in the morning, I have an appointment at 12 o'clock and then I have an appointment at three o'clock in the afternoon. If things don't go well for me in the morning and I screw up in the morning and it snowballs, but it doesn't have to snowball all the way to the end. So my marker, I use my markers. There's a nine o'clock, there's a 12 o'clock. If I can make that 12 o'clock, which I know I will that's that's like like you said earlier which is you know, a brilliant comparison I know who I am I'm so confident in myself and in my work ethic that by 12 o'clock I'm gonna get my stuff together right so if it snowballs it can only snowball up to 12 o'clock
1: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> by
0: 12 o'clock if I can take a deep breath at that 12 o'clock appointment and say, okay, I made it to my 12 o'clock. Everything is good. Despite what happened at the beginning, it's all right. And I give permission. I give myself permission to screw up because we do screw up. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: There are going to be fights that you're not going to win.
1: Sure. 100%. Going-
0: exactly. And you have to give yourself permission to lose Because if you don't lose and you always win, you're not going to enjoy the rest of your success, right? So I give myself permission to lose, to screw up in the morning. Okay, now it's 12 o'clock. I gather myself back together and say, okay, let's make this 12 o'clock work. Buckle myself up, clean everything up. It's going to, I'm going to finish this 12 o'clock and then everything is back on key for the rest of the day.
1: Most definitely.
0: Yeah, so that's, that's how I do it. I use those little markers. Uh, I call them markers, but those are my little markers to help me get back on track, just like when I run so I will run, let's say three miles right and I might be really tired from this tree to this tree, but I always tell myself when I get to the next tree, my next marker, I'm going to change my mindset. I'm going to change the way I breathe. I'm going to change the way I run, the way I you know, posture my body so that I will make it through the next tree and the next tree. And so that's how I think about
1: it in my head. No, I, I love that. And, and so a little bit about myself too. I'm currently studying my master's degree in sports psychology. So talking about your like, like little mental markers and things like that fascinate me. I live for that kind of stuff. And, and like, I'm gonna, it might be a little personal, but like, what, what is your reset? How do you reset? Is it like one breath and all those things? Because I ask that because I'm gonna relate two themes that have been throughout all of my podcast so far. And that is the family within martial arts or the family that martial arts creates within a community. And then part two is knowing who you are. And building that sense of individuality, right? You know, you're a hardworking individual. You know, you're, you know, A, B, C, and all those things. And, and I think, man, like I was talking, whether it's a, to an athlete, a coach, or whoever, anybody that's come on is like, knowing who you are is important. I'm like, well, yes. <laughs> yes, it's important. So, like going on that, you know, and, and off of what you mentioned, like, what is your, how is there something that you do in particular to reset? Or is it just kind of like a, okay, quick breath, we're on to the next thing?
0: Well, you know there are different. I have like a little bit of everything, right? Mm-hmm. There is because you have small day to day issues that you have to deal with that a quick breath is going to take care of, you know. And I, I teach my students all the time. You have to breathe, you know. Reset yourself by breathing. If it's a small situation, I'm all I need is a is a deep breath, right? I do three to four counts in, you know, five to six counts out, reset myself. When I do that, you know, I always tell myself something positive, mm. and then, you know, and and I tell myself, depending on the situation, I might say, you know, I can do this. It's going to pass. And then I reset myself with a small deep breath. If It's a small issue. But again, you know, you have all these different tools. You can't use one tool in your toolbox and take care of everything, right? You got a lot of tools that you got to have, you know, and that's why martial arts is amazing, you know, because when you go through it as a lifestyle, it gives you different tools. So let's say a a medium size, you know, uh, issue. All I might need is, you know, maybe. So for me, my routine is I get up in the morning, I meditate for from 10 to 30 minutes, and then I go and I work out. Oh, oh, and in between that, after my meditation, I turn on like motivational speeches and like Tony Robbins and, you know, Les Brown and, you know, the, the preacher. And so I turn it on and that's what I use in the morning to pump me up because I'm changing my state of mind, right? And therefore change, change, changing my body. My physical state and then my mental state. So then I go and I work out and then change my state even more. So like I don't miss workout because I know that if I don't, I might have a bad day, right? So it's kind of like my, my reset every single day. These are medium sized reset and then big resets, right? Let's say I'm going through a lot of issues. I'm going to need a few of those days to reset, you know, take my time, you know, like I just went on this personal uh, solo vacation, really, really needed that time for myself to really set, reset and gather my, my spirit, my mental, you know, energy and my physical strength. So that was like a big reset. So you have different resets for different situations. So that's how, that's how I do it. I do more of the meeting. Well, I do more of the day-to-day and the medium one on a regular basis. Like there is, there's no ifs, ands, or but about it. That's just my, those are my habits.
1: Yeah. You, you, in, in, in the world of sports like you mentioned something we call a pre-performance routine. So a routine that's going to set you up for your maximum performance, but knowing what those things are that need to be within that routine are extremely important. And you mentioned, you you just broke down that, essentially that pre-performance routine, and you can even consider exercise while it is a performance of its own to be part of your pre-performance routine in that it helps set you up for other things that might be coming up. So no, I I, I love it and, and I love hearing about that. Let's go back to when you know, like the timeline of things. Right. So then we talked, we talked about the peak of when, you know, cancer was hitting, everything was kind of at, I don't, I don't want to say a low because you, at the way you, your personality is and the way I've, I've taken this from you. It's nothing is a low at this point. Like, like shit might hit the fan, but that's all it's hit. It's hit nothing else. All right. We're going to clean this up. We're going to keep going, you know? And um, how did things, let's say, let's talk about like post that so then we got the organization we hit those basic skills of and of of hitting the needs what we need throughout the day what was the progression after that both for the business and for yourself action action
0: massive 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 action get to work get to work that's what we're gonna do right right you have all your let's say let's say we're preparing for competition you have been doing all these drills and routines and training and prepping on a, on a, just like regular basis. Right. But you know, competition is coming up. So you amp up your training a little bit more, you know, you amp up your nutrition, you amp up, you know, your, 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 the length of your time, what, what specifically body parts or, you know, skills that you need to train in order to compete at the level that you want to compete and then, you know, I know that in training, we don't always, I don't make my students work really hard the next day before competition. Cause that's to me, I don't think that's very smart. Sure. Yourself, right. But it's as you get closer and closer to that and on the day of your competition, you got to perform, right? You got to perform. You got to give 110% of you, everything that you have prepared for and you have learned, this is where you got to make it count. And this is where we got to perform. Like that's where the massive action comes, whether it's a one time with like for us in competition, you can, okay, you, and I always tell my students, is like, we've been training like for years and you come down to like uh, three 90 minute rounds. That's all you got, right? And you got to do a whole bunch in that th- uh, three ninety minutes. And that's where it all shows up, whether you prepare yourself or not, you know? I mean, for... For, for me as on a day to day with the business, my children and just surviving cancer, cancer, it was like, this is like years. My battle was not just three 30 you know, three 90 minute rounds. This is like for multiple years. And I have to, you know, stay, keep my adrenaline going for those years and, you know, keep fighting for those years. Even if I get knocked down for a few seconds, which in, in, in that, in my life was like a couple of days. Okay. Got to get back up and do it again. So.
1: So this consistent idea of, of improving yourself through that though, but like what I, I, and I'm, this might be the same answer as something that's already come up before, but what made you keep getting up after getting knocked down? So like we what we covered your core values, but what was your quote unquote why? Like why were you still able to do that? You know what I'm saying? Like the core values are very strong, but then like paired to that is usually like a why.
0: Yes, my why was my children. Mm. My children, I had to live. I had to fight to live. There are days when my kids, I, so when you when you have chemo and especially the chemo that i had it you are tired you i i would be so exhausted from the chemo my head would hurt my skin would hurt you couldn't even touch i couldn't even touch my skin like to sit back in my chair all of my back muscles would hurt mm-hmm. like radiating pain throughout my whole body and i would have these throbbing pain that nothing would help right And you just kind of have to live through them. Um, But as much pain that I was in, I still got up every single morning to make breakfast for my children because they were the reason why I wanted to live. So no matter how much pain I was in, I got up every morning. And you know what? Because of them, I wanted to get up. And because I got up, it made me feel better and better and better it's kind of ironic because the more i move and the more i do for them the better i felt there were times when i would be in so much pain right i would go to chemo in the morning from 9 to 12 and then take a like a few hour nap and then go right into work you know and i was at the dojo and i would be I didn't teach all the time because I didn't have the, quite the energy, but I would be there talking, giving hugs to the little kids, you know, talking to the parents and just hanging out at the school. The parents would tell me, you know what, you need to go home is that, and rest. I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I need to be right here because my my family, that was my family my children immediate children and my children and then the children of my taekwondo school and the family of taekwondo they were the reason why i kept fighting no matter mm. how hard it was
1: sure no yeah. i i love that and i mean like going off of children you you mentioned even before getting into actually starting the school at the school, right? You had a background in working with children. So what I, I want to get to know a little bit more about that as well. What is your background in working with children?
0: So I grew up in the church and I was already at at age 13. I was already involved in the youth ministry.
1: Oh wow! I okay.
0: do Sunday school. I taught Sunday school. I helped with, you know, um, that's really what i did i was in the in the so we had a very big church that stemmed from california all the way to north carolina and a lot of churches in between in fact you know we have a church in denver and i used to come to denver on a regular basis come out you
1: got to say hi now <laughs> that's no <laughs> I,
0: know. I know i i love denver um so um so that was my background. And then I was very, very involved in the youth ministry locally, and then ultimately became the first youth, first youngest female uh, youth president for the national group, National Youth Group, which I oversaw wow. kids from, uh, you know, from California all the way to North Carolina. I used to, at the age of 18, I would travel from here all the way across. I came to Denver, you know, and I spoke and um, and I helped, uh, even though I, you know, and it was all God, because how does an 18-year-old know how to mentor kids <laughs> Sure. would talk to parents about their children, right? It was all God just working through me. And so... And that's where I gain a lot of my experience as working with children, working with the youth, you know, listening to all of their stories, mentoring them, helping them, you know, through like the grace of God. And that's where I got a lot of my experiences. And I just have this heart for children, like, especially the three and five-year-olds. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I look at them, and when they smile or when they run across the mat and they're pitter-pattering, it's just like it melts my heart. And I just, you know, and, I, and to, to be able to be in a, such a delicate position to instill these principles and sk- taekwondo skill to them. I mean like that is an honoring position to be in, right? right. Wouldn't you agree when you're teaching little ones?
1: It's something else, man. It's something else. And then uh, on, like leveling that up to seeing them succeed is just the right. most the most gratifying. I can I I get more excited for when my kids win medals than when I do, type thing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So that,
0: that's the extent of, I mean, that's like how long I've worked with children. And right. then when I found taekwondo and then I got to work with children. So in my school, my main, like my most, the majority of my students are between the age of five and 12, you know, because I personally feel and believe that. That's where because, you know, that Taekwondo or martial arts is not just about the skills. Mm -mm. Yeah. (laughs) It's about the life skills that they gain. Right. Right. And so for us to be in that position to instill these life skills into our students, I believe that the best and primal time is to start between five and ten so that they don't go So that we help instill these foundations along with their parents so that by the time they are teenagers, we've already helped develop these skills that you have as an athlete that I have, you know, as a cancer survivor and as a business owner so that we can be successful in our lives. And that's really the ultimate goal. And that's what martial arts is really about, whether it's taekwondo or karate or judo or jujitsu, that's what traditional... You know traditional martial arts. That's what it's supposed to do.
1: One hundred percent. And and like just going off of that because it relates directly to my personal studies, right? Not just like every day what I'm doing, but like actually I'm studying. And there's this phrase that is coined essentially that is winning kids through sport. Meaning like being that coach that looks at kids as kids instead of an athlete first, you know, or like any type of practitioner and then essentially developing those skills and helping them like like literally what you just said. Right. But it's like that's like the phrase that goes with it. So and then I guess like you were doing you were you were up through the church throughout your like essentially the majority of your child teenage hood. Where did where did Taekwondo fit in? Why Taekwondo on top of that?
0: That's a very good question. So I've always been an athlete growing up as a, as a, as a child. I love sports. I play, I didn't play like officially, but in the church, I would play uh, sports. I was always uh, an athlete growing up. And then right after I finished my uh, mission, mission with the youth, I started college. So I took two years off after high school to focus on the ministry. And after that, I went into college. And when I started college as a freshman, and I was 21 at the time, and you know, most people go to college right away after high school, but I didn't. So I was 21 when I started college. And I had for some odd reason, I was taking a full uh, load, but there was one I was one unit away from being a full-time student and so I needed to take an extra course and I thought okay well let's pick up something fun and I saw jogging, I saw tennis I think at the time and taekwondo. Mind you I've never done taekwondo in my whole entire life and I've been fascinated because of Bruce Lee you know but never knew what it was and so i was like whoa i read the description I was like hey let's try it out right so i enrolled in it got my gi, and i went into class and there we we were sitting in there in the classroom and the professor came in and he was this big husky guy and he did all these amazing things <laughs> he was jumping and turning and kicking and punching and i was like oh oh my gosh that's what I want to do right and so I love that class that was like my favorite class I never missed a day mm-hmm. and so then I did the whole semester was so in love with it right um and then the professor's like oh you're not you can't take this class anymore you can only take the beginner's class that was the beginner's class you can only take it one time oh wow. I was like why <laughs> and I said, when is when is the intermediate class? He's like, oh, it's not until next fall. I was like, you're going to make me wait one whole semester. And he was like, yeah, you have to wait for the next fall. And I was like, no, that's not going to happen. I'm not waiting that long. I love it too much. So then I started looking in the community. And thankfully, the gym that I was at um was uh offering a taekwondo class and i saw i was like wait a minute what is this taekwondo and i started talking to the to the master instructor who turned out to who later became my master instructor and then became my (laughs) father-in-law and so it just kind of you know I, i married into the taekwondo family um so that's when i started in i enrolled into his class and i started taking it and you know I just, I've been doing Taekwondo ever since. Wow. And, you know, I was helping out uh, as I was earning my degree in in Taekwondo. I was helping out at the school. I got to know the business a little bit. And so when I branched out on my own, you know, I had the blessing from my master who was also my father-in-law. And so, um, yeah, that's how how I got into it. And I love it.
1: Yeah, like just by the way you're speaking about it your motivation has not changed one ounce (laughs) since that first day in that in that one you know that one credit class that's amazing i think that's great i love hearing stories about when people start martial arts later in life because like like you mentioned like your target audience might be that younger age group and like for us it's the same thing right We, we we look towards that younger demographic um what like, and like, so like having people that did start later is amazing. And it's, it's something that I love. Let me ask you this. And this is a little bit of a change of subject, but just because I I love, I match your energies. And I want to know like, what, how do you make, I got to think about how I'm going to word this, but like, like for, so like one of the reasons, let me just preface it by giving my reasoning. One of the reasons why I started this podcast in the first place is because I want to make karate cool again. Yeah. You know, besides Cobra Kai coming out and all this stuff like (laughs) I really want to I want to show people that karate is more than just some what like the McDojo life, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's more than just that. So how like how how do you explain or show Taekwondo to an older age demographic? I'm thinking like middle high school where like martial arts is usually not the go to sport for an American kid, you know, and like my family coming from a Middle Eastern background. Like they did, they enrolled me in those because that's what they thought I had to do as an American kid. They didn't know any better though. And they were just like, yeah, go, go do it for a little bit, but you got to be coming back to the dojo eventually, you know, (laughs) that's kind of how it circulated. But like, how would you, how do you make, how do you make Taekwondo cool? I guess that's, that's to boil it down to it.
0: You know, I wish I can I can still do some flip not flips. I can still do like the butterfly. I can still do triple kicks, you know. <laughs> so and I could do like still do jump kicks and spinning kicks. And so um I think it's cool, but you know, to to, to be honest with you, I think it's a little bit harder to make martial arts cool at that level Mm. you know that age bracket um for teenagers and adults i think you have to come in with like the people coming in have to have some kind of desire and interest already you know that it ignites something inside of them you know so that when you do present it to them they they're interested but i think at that level it's not so much just the cool kigs and the spinning cakes and all that stuff right i think it comes down to really again going to those values you know do parents want their teenagers to be more confident to have self-esteem to develop these print you know solidify their principles uh adults coming in would have to think you know do i Maybe I feel unsafe at work and I need self-defense or I need exercise or I need to change my life. They're going through some kind of change or something that has, you know, it's in their way and they're trying to get over that. And they're using, they're interested in Taekwondo, not so much for all the cool stuff anymore, um, but more so for like what it, what it really is, right. like the cool values right yeah. right
1: right right no those those are great points right there and i mean i'm going to use that to transition into like our kind of our, like our last little segment here but like now we're looking at everything that you have now and everything that you've built until this point what now like just because like you, you i should ask first because i don't know when did you get the news that you were cancer free
0: well my doctor said you are never free okay and I asked her, I say, so am I free? Do I not have cancer anymore? She's like, well, technically you're not free. Mm. You just, there's a, you just don't have it. You just don't have it in you at this moment. Uh, so, you know, I say I'm free people. I mean, I don't know what other people think. The doctor usually say, if you're clear, if you don't have anything after like seven to 10 years or five, seven to 10 years, these are like some of the bigger markers, right? Then you're, you're free you know, but that's not necessarily true because there are people who have been clean for 20 years and cancer comes back.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So there isn't, my doctor said to me that you're never free. You're just clean. And so I say I'm free at the moment (laughs) and I'm claiming that and I'm (laughs) believing it. I'm receiving it, you know? So like what day is today? Today Today's the 28th. Yeah, that's right. So yesterday was my one year anniversary.
1: Oh my gosh. Yes. Congrats. Oh my my gosh.
0: So this is the longest stretch with no cancer in my body. The last one year ago, yesterday was my uh, lung surgery. So they found a, a little you know, tumor growing in my right middle lung and, you know, we had to take a wedge of it out and that was a year ago yesterday so this is the longest stretch that I've been clean yes you know,
1: yeah so. cancer clean now see it's that's all <laughs> well I love it and I mean just going for I'm nothing but positive and positivity and like and, and positive blessings and praying for you going forward because I hope this we stay clean forever you know like with that's that's it right there but then you know looking back at everything because you have the story that you do and you have now the setup right the school is still going and everything is still moving in that same direction that you that you've mentioned this whole time you know even in the in the in the worst of situations everything's still been okay you know because of the way you've approached it what are the plans for now slash moving forward things that you aspire to be doing because I know that you've played a community role essentially your whole life and I'm I'm, I'm interested to know what roles you're pl- you know planning on or every anything you got brewing going forward for things going forward
0: Oh my gosh! Thank you for asking that. I have so much in store. <laughs> I have oh my so gosh, so much in store. <laughs> you know, I have. I feel like I almost died when I was diagnosed with cancer. You know, a couple of times, not just once, but it kept coming back, coming back, coming back, and you know, I had to fight it so many times. And I feel like I'm given God, the universe, infinite intelligence, this world has given me so many chances to live, to tell my story, to hopefully that my story will motivate and encourage other people no matter what they're going through, right? And so because I believe in that so much, there the school is got a different direction sort of, or a bigger direction now. So we have, oh my gosh, you know, maybe we will have to connect again later in the future when this is all said and done, but there's definitely work to grow the school. The school's already on a, um, so I'm going to get my minister minister license pretty soon. So I'll be a spiritual minister (laughs) um, uh, completed in the next couple of months so that I could also minister in that direction. The school is going to, we're going to, we're in the process of building a foundation so that we can start catering to kids of low income, homeless individuals, women of domestic violence, and uh, people of can't patient, cancer patients. Because that's that's where my heart is. You know, that's what I want to do. Is I want to serve this this group. So we have that coming up. You know, I I I do. I don't want to talk too much about it, but I am in the process of writing my book. You know, and I'm hoping that my speaking. Because I was doing some. Uh, public speaking and motivational speak, uh, speak speaking engagement prior to COVID, and I, I thought that was just getting started. You know, I was speaking like one, one once a week, um, and then COVID hit, so that had to stop. So, I'm hoping that that's going to continue, and I'm going to take my story with it as well. So, I got a whole bunch of stuff in line. I'm really excited because I just want to share the principles that I have developed over the years with everybody else so that no matter what they're going through, you know, they can look at my story and say, well, this is what she did. Let's, let's try to, to mirror that and get the same results.
1: Yeah. So. I, and my so, fingers. yeah, we got no fingers crossed. And, and again, nothing but like positive, like positive vibes and every you know, all energy going forward. But like you, you mentioned something that I think is very important and it's not just like okay, your story is what it is. And it is all the things that are within it are amazing. But I think that there's a layer to that, that like the tools that you have used and the different tools that you have used to maneuver your way throughout that story is something that I like, that's, that's, you can't learn that anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not in any book. That's not, I mean, granted, generally speaking, that's not what we learn on a day-to-day, like in our, you know, school environment. And through just you speaking about what you've been through. Like, that's why I've been asking the question, like, what are your mental skills? What did you use to reset? How are your different resets? What is your why, you know? Because like, that's what I think people could take like, Cause, cause everybody to an extent has their struggle. And I think, you know, you know that and have seen that on all different levels just through your different experience, but then the tools, the individual tools and how, how to use them within the given moments is something that literally cannot be replaced by anything else, you know? And one, th- I mean, I've learned several things just from this, cause I block my time. That's how I live. I live my time blocks at a time, or I live my days blocks at a time, but having, I, I picked up the fact of like your check-ins, you know, why not have that, you know, I call them check-ins, but like that, That check-in point throughout each at multiple points throughout the day is like I'm gonna use that right now, you know, you know. So no, it's great, and and I, I appreciate you spending the time. and Am I allowed to say that the book we talked about potentially coming out this summer?
0: Yes, it's yes. going to be released in June.
1: In June. So we'll definitely have to reconnect after that yeah. is because I definitely have more questions regarding the book and everything that's going into it. And um, as well as some some key factors about where women fit within the world of martial arts and strong yes. women, badass women, because my mom is also one of these super badass women. She's one of she's <laughs> supposed to be refereeing at the olympics here hopefully fingers crossed you know for awesome. for karate and everything like that but yes well i appreciate you being on today and 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 sharing all the your like legit your wisdom and your experiences throughout this whole career path and everything that's led you to this point and from myself and like our dojo team nothing but positive and and positive energy and blessings going forward. So thank you for spending the time with me today.
0: Thank you so much. I appreciate you bringing me on. You know, I I hope that, you know, uh, I can help as much as I can from over here as well.
1: And I really appreciate your time. Most definitely. We just got to make it a thing that the next time you're in Denver, you got to let me know because that would be great to actually meet you in person. So,
0: yeah, I know. I, I have this really big energy, right? But when you see me, I'm like five feet tall.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's, it's, that's the best way to do it right there. So no, no, we are all good. Um, I appreciate your time again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Episode 6 of Believe in the Punch. Please make sure to download and share this podcast with everybody that you can. Downloading is how we keep track of the overall growth, and I cannot thank you guys enough. We are over 650 downloads, so thank you so much. If there's anybody else that you want to see or hear on the podcast, feel free to get in touch with me, whether that's through my website on cameramadani.com or on Instagram at KarateCam.